The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, I'm Pastor Chris, and um, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Listen, I am... uh, I'm jacked up, I'm pumped up because uh, tomorrow begins what? Anybody know? Okay, that was not very energetic. The first service really, really stuck it to you guys. What begins tomorrow? VBS, man, we are so excited about that around here. Uh, it's really one of the, just the best weeks of the summer, best weeks of the year here at Coastal. A um, lot of great things are going to be going on, and uh, there's a lot of things to be done. And first of all, I just want to thank everybody for all the hard work, all the prayers, all the invitations. Um, in, in years past, we've had uh, you know around somewhere between 100, 120 uh, kids that are pre-registered for VBS, uh, and we shut the pre online pre-registration down on Friday night so that we can, uh, our registration team can go ahead and prep everything. Now, don't worry about that because there is on-site registration uh, each night of VBS. So even if you haven't registered, it really doesn't matter. You can come uh, and register and take care of that before VBS each night. But again, in the past, 100, 120. So far, already this year, we've gotten 181 kids pre-registered for VBS. So uh, it's going to be an awesome week. Um, you know, VBS is near and dear to my heart. Uh, yeah, we ought to clap for that. That's great. We're, we're excited about that. Um, but VBS is really near and dear to my heart because, uh, you know, I grew up in church as a young, young child, and then my family stopped going to church, and uh, my dad died, and uh, we had not been in church for a while, and a friend of mine invited me uh, to come to Vacation Bible School. And I was in middle school, but the youth group was meeting during that week. But it was at that week of all that energy and excitement of VBS that I began to just see uh, a youth pastor and, and volunteers who loved Jesus and who weren't afraid to talk about or just, it seemed like, you know, this was, I mean, God was just moving in my heart that week. And then the following week, uh, the kids were going to camp and I ended up going to camp and giving my life to Christ and feeling the call to go into ministry. And so I, I love VBS. I think it's, a, I know a lot of churches kind of poo-poo it these days. Oh, it's just, you know, childcare because people, you know, show, sign up for like 20 different VBSs over the summer. And like, you know what? So what, man? I, I hope we're one of them. And I hope some kids who come uh, who maybe they don't know the Lord yet or their families don't. And man, we're going to plant the seeds of the gospel in their heart. And uh, so it is going to be a great week. Pray, 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 pray for VBS. A uh, couple of things I know my wife wants me to uh, announce about VBS. BBS. If you are coming, and you're, especially if you're volunteering and serving, um, and even if you're just, you know you're going to be here at VBS, you're bringing your kids, come early. Go ahead and come and then get them situated so that as new people come, uh, that, that whole registration process will go smooth. So we need you to come, come early. I believe registration will be open like from 5 o'clock on, 5, 5.30, but just come. We will get you situated and get ready for the onslaught, the, the Holy Spirit-controlled chaos. And, uh, but it's, it's awesome. Uh, so don't miss that. Um, Oh, and the other thing is just invite and bring people. You know, again, yes, the online registration, pre-registration is closed, but we, we, it's open every night. And even if you can only come, you know, one night or two nights or your friends can't come, don't worry about not being here all week. Come when you can come. 
And uh, it really is a life-changing experience, not just for the kids, but for everybody who's serving. And if you're wondering, is there still a place for you to serve? The answer is a resounding yes. In fact, on your Connect card, do I have a, here we go. On your Connect card, uh, it says, um, I'd like to sign up on the back, my next step today, I would like to sign up for Summer of Impact, project name, date. Okay, so this week, the Summer of Impact is really all about VBS. And so if you have not yet found a place to serve for VBS, just literally put three letters there, VBS. And uh, we're gonna go through these cards today to make sure that if someone signs up who is not yet ready uh, or not yet already volunteered for something, we'll follow up with you today and tomorrow and make sure you come ready knowing you've got a place to serve. But I know there is, and there's just, we'll put you to work and you're not gonna wanna miss out on it. It's gonna be a great week. So uh, I think that's all I got to say about VBS, but uh, keep, keep us in your prayers and uh, can't wait till next Sunday just to, uh, to tell you all about it for those of you who weren't here. Now today uh, we begin, a brand new series uh, called Summer Reading. And uh, it's another uh, summer tradition here at Coastal. We've been doing this for a number of years. But for those of you who are new, let me kind of explain the idea for the series. Now, in some ways, it's kind of similar to the series we just wrapped up at the movies, you know, where we used movies as a hook to talk about spiritual truth. Well, for this series, instead of movies, we use what? Books books, I know. Uh, six books, in fact, um, as a springboard to talk about the Bible, talk about God's Word. And uh, each one of these books, by the way, are worth reading. They really are. Um, I know, you know, when we do at the movies, honestly, I really don't care if you go to see those movies or not. Uh, you know, some people are movie people, some people aren't. But these books are worth reading. So I would encourage you uh, to read them. The last couple of weeks, we provided um, a number of those books uh, for sale and kind of leading up to the series. And the, the cool thing is I think we sold out of uh, just about all of them. And um, now we're basically encouraging you to purchase them on your own. Now there, are, there is the list of books uh, that's there in your, your bulletin today. And it gives you the schedule of when we're preaching uh, that message that week. Uh, so you can kind of stay up to date. Um, because we believe here at Coastal, that leaders are what? That's right. Leaders are readers. That's always been kind of our, our mantra when we do this series. Leaders are readers. In fact, I got this quote uh, from retired Admiral James Stavridis of the U.S. Navy. He once said this, the single best way a leader can learn and grow is through reading. So many of our best leaders develop and enhance their ability to lead through endless contact with books. If you wanna grow, if you wanna develop in an area, the best way to do it is through reading. Now, before some of you kind of freak out a little bit uh, and think that Pastor Chris has gone heretical, we're, man, at Coastal, they've thrown out the Bible and now, you know, just preaching from other books or encouraging you to read other books instead of the Bible, throw away your email, simmer down, take your medication, okay? Uh, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we do here at Coastal. If anything, through both of those series, you know, uh, at the movies and now uh, summer reading, what we try to do here at Coastal, if anything, is compel you to go to Scripture. We point you to the truth of God's Word and hopefully uh, encourage you to, to develop a deeper relationship with God and His Word. So, 
Everybody do me a favor today. Everybody take out your Connect card. If you don't already have it out, go ahead and take out your Connect card. If you haven't started filling it out. And um, I want you to do me a favor. Uh, on the back of your Connect card, again, one of the next steps at the very bottom, it says, I will read blank for the summer reading series. So I want you to look at this list of books and just you know make a personal commitment to read at least one of them, one book uh, over the entire summer. You might even pick out uh, today's book. Uh, you might pick out one particular book and just write that title down. For some of you, you are readers. You look forward to this series because uh, you're just a voracious reader. You can't wait to read all the books. So you might write down, you know, six. You know, I'm going to read all six. Uh, some of you, um, you know, reading comes easy. You enjoy reading. Uh, you read a lot. Uh, for others of you, you made a promise after you graduated from high school or college that you are no longer going to open a book, never going to happen again, and you have kept that promise. So I'm going to encourage you to break that promise uh, over this, uh, this series. Uh, I made a personal reading goal uh, this past year, the beginning of January, kind of started, you know, made my goals for the new year. One of them was to read 100 books this year, 100 books. That's kind of a, a big uh, goal for me, but right now, uh, here we are in July, and I'm right at the midway point. I've read 54 books so far this year, and uh, this is one of them, and it's a good book. So let's get started. Uh, the author of today's book is Mark Batterson, and um, excuse me, Mark Batterson is the lead pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., and he is really one of my favorite authors, and we've used several of his books over the years. Uh, we've used them here in this series over the summer, and if you've been a part of any of our life groups, uh, you're familiar maybe with some of his books. You might have done one of his studies, uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, Circle Maker, All In, just to name a few. In fact, another box on your Connect card, we're right now preparing for the next uh, semester, the fall semester of life groups. And so if you're interested in leading, hosting, or assisting a group, that's also a next step today. And if you have any questions about that, see uh, Pastor Scott. Um, but today's book is If, uh, this book If, and I've got it here with me. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are 1,784 ifs in the Bible, and you're familiar with many of them. You know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Those are some incredible ifs, some incredible promises. But Mark Batterson says that his personal favorite comes from Romans 8, uh, verse 31. It says this. What shall we say uh, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you realize that? That God is for you every day in every way. And that really is what this book is all about. The tagline is, it's about turning your if-only regrets into what-if possibilities. Now, everyone has regrets, we all do. Uh, some of those regrets are benign, some are malignant. Some are big, some are small. Uh, there, there are those regrets that make us wonder, you know, what if? What if I missed out on something or what if I hadn't done that? There, in other words, there's a whole spectrum. You know, on one side of that spectrum, you have 
you know, simple regret, maybe just uh, something like buyer's regret, buyer's remorse, you know, that feeling you get when you purchase something that you wish you hadn't. You know, now hopefully most of the time that's something simple like a pair of shoes or, you know, a piece of clothing or, you know, not a car um, or a house. Uh, or you have, in fact, I, the first service I called it restaurant regret, uh, regret but I was uh, corrected and told, actually, Pastor Chris, it's a thing, it's called entree regret. Have you ever experienced that? entree regret when you go to a restaurant, especially with a group of people or your spouse or a date, and um, you order a meal and then everything is served and someone at the table has something that you wish you ordered. Now, I, I do this all the time because I, I like, you know, I like to hear the specials. I like, I, I, when I go places, especially new places, I like to try things. And so a lot of times I'll hit a home run, but many times, you know, I'm like that guy, I like watching the food as it gets delivered, looking what, I wish I could just get up and walk around and say, hey, what are you getting? That looks good. Is it tasty? You know, I would be that guy. My wife though, she's like a, she knows what she's going to get. She's like an in the box eater, you know, and I know what's good. I know what I want. She gets it and she's typically satisfied. And for me, it's a, you know, who knows, you know, and then I eat her food. So anyway, um, but on the other end of the spectrum though, those are kind of insignificant, but there are those regrets that cause uh, profound sadness, um, chronic depression, you know, it's caused by those things, those decisions or circumstances that are out of your control. And you wish you could go back into the past and, and change something, and you can't. And it might be a divorce, could be a mistake that you made that cost you a job or a reputation. You know, and then there's this whole thing like a, a midlife crisis where here you are at the midpoint of your life and maybe things haven't quite measured up to where you thought they would be. And that's very common for, you know, especially men in, in my age group. So there's all these kinds of regrets. And the truth is, our regrets are as unique as we are. We all have them. The big question, though, is how do you deal with them? Well, I got some good news for you today. You ready for this? They've already been dealt with. They've already been taken care of. They've already been dealt with at the cross in, in Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. In fact, that is exactly what this chapter, Romans chapter eight, is all about. And that's what this book is all about. In fact, uh, Mark Batterson wrote this book kind of his intent was to make it kind of like a devotional book. In fact, if you've, if you've picked it up or started reading it, or if you will, you'll notice that there's 30 chapters and so he meant for it to be kind of like one chapter a day for a month. And the, the entire book is based on the eighth chapter of Romans. In fact, many people believe that Romans 8 is the greatest chapter of the Bible. In fact, listen to what Mark Batterson said about this book and Romans 8. I did a radio interview and the person asked me my goal for this book. And I said, it's pretty simple. At the end of the book, I want people to fall in love with Romans chapter eight. I want that chapter, which happens to be my favorite chapter, to be a chapter that totally redefines people's lives. So that's what I want us to do today. I want us to dig into Romans chapter eight and discover how God can redeem your regrets. Like this book, I want you to see how God really can take 
all your if-onlys and turn them into what-ifs. Change all your regrets into possibilities. Here's the first one. The first what-if possibility. And man, it is a huge one. What if my sins could be forgiven? Think about that. What if my sin could be forgiven? In fact, that's exactly where Romans begins with this powerful verse, verse one. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Don't you see, even even if there was no such thing as heaven, it would be worth becoming a believer just to have a clear conscience, just to live guilt-free without condemnation. That is great news. And it's great news because one of the number one causes of regret is guilt and shame. I mean, we violate our own standards, much less God's. And then we think, you know what? I could never be forgiven of, of this. I'm gonna carry this for the rest of my life. It's as though I'm damaged goods. And then the more guilt you carry, the more regret you carry. But you don't have to live that way. Look at Hebrews seven nineteen. Now we have a far better hope for Christ makes us acceptable to God and we may draw near to him. That means you don't have to be afraid of God once you put your faith in Christ. Why? Because Jesus took every sin you've ever committed, every sin you're you're going to commit, and he paid for all of them on the cross. You don't have to pay for it. Jesus took a beating so you don't have to. You can stop beating yourself up. In Christ, we have been made forever acceptable to God. Man, we could just stop right there. We could close with that one and go home because that right there is enough reason to rejoice and not have regret that I don't have to carry the guilt for all the things that I've done wrong. Now, but it gets better because not only does God take care of your past, but he also takes care of your present, here and now. Number two, what if, I had the power to change. What if I I really had the power to change? You know, some of you today deal with regret because you feel stuck and you you feel like you are powerless to change. You find yourself thinking, you know what? I I just can't seem to change. I, I know what's right. I know what even I should do. But it's like I don't have the power to do it. In fact, I know this habit is bad for me, but I still do it. I know this hang-up is messing up my life, but it's got a hold on me. I know this relationship is destroying me. It is self-destructive, but I keep going back to it. I just seem like I can't let go. I don't have the power to change. Ever felt that way? That's why we need Christ. Because Jesus really does give us a power that we don't have. And so you plug into him, you plug into his power, and it is the answer to both when your life is out of control and when you feel like you can't change. And so here it is, Romans 8, verse 2, listen to this. For the power, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The power of sin that leads to death. What's he talking about? He's talking about how sin really is just this vicious cycle. It is, it's temptation, screw up, guilt, 
shame. Temptation, screw up, guilt, shame. Ever been on that cycle? Man, it's a vicious one. You know, like I'm tempted, I fall for something that I've, you know, I've fallen for like for the umpteenth time and then I'm full of guilt and shame and regret and then I do it all over again. And Romans 8 says you don't have to stay in that cycle anymore. That in Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit sets us free from that. God says, I'll give you the power to change. And the amazing thing is, the more you yield control of your life over to God, the more power you receive and the freer you become. Look at this next verse. It really is one of my favorite verses, Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. Wow. That is an amazing promise. God says, listen, you know, you become a Christian, it's not, it's not about you trying to work up enough power in and of yourself to do something. He works in us and through us, and he says, I'll give you two things. I'll give you both the desire to do the right thing, and then I'll also give you the power to do it. You know what that does? Wow, that opens up the possibilities. That just, that enables you to plug into that power source. Now, they just keep getting better and better. Number three, what if my problems had a purpose? What if my problems had a purpose? You know what this means? This means that our God has this miraculous ability, if we will allow him to use everything that happens in our lives in a plan for good. I don't have to give in to, to despair. And I don't have to live with regret. Listen, life really is just a series of problems. You know, we've done a whole series about this called Unshakable, that life is about, you know, it's a series of storms that we go through. That, that's all it is, you know, one after the other. In fact, everybody in this room today, you're at one of three places. You are either uh, coming out of a storm, you're in a storm, you know, a problem, or you're headed toward one. That's, that's life. But the most difficult storms and problems to, to deal with and to understand are those ones that just seem meaningless. You know, you can find no purpose in them. And you find yourself going, yeah, but you know, why is this happening to me? This is not fair. But when you can see a purpose behind it, when you understand that there could be some benefit from this, it gives you hope. It fills life because, again, life is a series of problems and storms. Well, then if that's true and we can have a purpose in it, then it just, it fills life with endless possibilities. And God has said, God has promised that there can be a purpose for every single problem that you go through. No matter how small, no matter how big, he's got a plan for it. In fact, look at Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That is a powerful promise. But I want you to notice some things that it does not say. Because a lot of times we, we definitely misunderstand this verse. It doesn't say all things are good. Obviously, not everything is good in this life. Sexual abuse is not good. 
Cancer is not good. You know, bankruptcy, divorce. I mean, this is not heaven. You know, this is still this side of eternity. This is earth. It also doesn't say, well, all things work out the way I want them to. I mean, we'd like it to say that, but it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that everything has a happy ending because not everything on this side of eternity has a happy ending. There's some very sad endings to things in this life. So what does it say? We know that God causes all things to work together for good. What's included in that? All things. Everything. In other words, he, he weaves all things. Does that include illness? Yeah. Does that include marriage problems? Yep. Bankruptcy? Divorce? The death of a loved one? Yes. Does that even include my own mistakes, the, the, the stuff that I you know, bring up on myself? That God can bring good out of that? Yes. Can God bring good out of evil? Absolutely. I mean, what about the cross? I mean, did God bring any good out of the evil that was done to Jesus, the beating that he took, the torture that he took? You know, absolutely, just the, the salvation of the world. God has this ability to use our mistakes and our hurts and the things that we feel most ashamed over, the things that we are filled with the most regret about, and in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says that he can work all that together for good in our lives. Now, this is not a promise to everybody, though. It's a, it's a promise for believers. God said, I, I will bring all these things together to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. In other words, only if you've given your life to Christ. You know, he, he doesn't make that promise for everybody in the world, but they do work together for good to anybody who will come to God humbly and say, God, here it is, all of it. I laid at your feet, here are all the, the pieces of the puzzle of my life, and some of it's good, but God, there's a lot of it that's bad. Here's the, here's the parts that are ugly. Here's the parts that I'm most ashamed of. And if you give it to God, he can work it together into good. Man, do you, do, do you see that we've got this reason to be filled with, with hope and, and endless possibilities? I mean, what if? What if my sin can really be forgiven? What if I have the power to change my life? What if my problems really do have a purpose? But that's not all. We're only halfway through. Number four, what if? What if I don't have to be afraid? Now, for many of you, this is big. I mean, fear is such a damaging, destructive emotion. Let me ask you, what are you afraid of today? And I know, that, again, like regret, there's a whole spectrum. Some of you are afraid of uh, spiders, you know, snakes. Some of you are new to Charleston. They were telling you about palmetto bugs. And that sounded really sweet, didn't it? You know, until you realize it's a ginormous cockroach, you know, it's huge. And, uh, you know, you see those things, you jump, or uh, maybe you're afraid of public speaking. 
Um, uh, uh, you know, death is uh, obviously a, a big fear of public speaking. And think, if you've got to speak at a funeral, that's crazy. Um, so, uh, but there's a spectrum. And, and then there are those fears that are a little bit deeper, a little bit, you know, the fear of criticism, the fear of being rejected, the fear of being lonely, fear of failure. I've told you this before, 365 times in the Bible, God says, fear what? Fear not. In other words, he was saying, I want you to get this. In fact, so much so that I'm gonna say it one time for every day of the year, don't be afraid. Why? Why don't we have to be afraid? Because he says, I will protect you. In fact, back to Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, if you're a Christian, God's not only with you all the time. Listen, he's for you. He's on your side. He's on your team. That ought to relieve the fear that you feel because he's with you. He's for you. Nothing can intimidate you. I mean, would you agree that one, no matter who that one is, one plus God is always a majority. I mean, you put God on my side. Listen, I could take on the world. It's me and God. It's me and him. I don't have to be afraid. Talk about reading for a second. How many of you are like this? Um, you're reading kind of a very suspenseful book and to kind of relieve your you know, suspense and curiosity, you actually skip forward and read like the last chapter, last page or two of the book. Anybody do that? You are messed up. I know. No, 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 no. But seriously, listen, spoiler alert. You ready for this? I've read the last chapter of this book, the Bible. I've, I've read the last book. You ready? We win. We do. I mean, we're on the winning side. We might lose a few skirmishes here in the meantime, but ultimately sin and death have been defeated. Jesus is victorious. I got nothing to fear. Neither do you. Number five, what if? All my needs were met. That's big, right? What if all my needs were met? The fact is, God in his word has promised to meet every single need in your life. If you'll trust him. He's promised to meet your physical needs, your emotional needs, your spiritual needs, your financial needs, your relational needs, all of it. Look at this next verse from Romans. Romans 8:32. Since God did not spare even his own son for us, but gave him up for us all, won't he also surely give us everything else? In other words, if God loves you so much, uh, enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for you, don't you think then that he loves you enough to take care of all your other needs? The answer is obvious. Absolutely. Uh, Philippians 4:19. And my God will meet some of your needs. It doesn't say that, does it? What does it say? And my God will meet what? What's the word? All. All your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You know, when you get an insurance policy and you know what it covers, you no longer worry about that anymore. And God says, this is your insurance policy. I cover it all. The bottom line is how much do you trust him? I mean, if you don't believe this verse, you know, where he says, my God will supply all your needs, just cut it out of your Bible. But if, I mean, if it's true, 
that he says, I promise to meet all your needs. Wow. That, that turns your if-only regrets into what-if possibilities where you can now learn to, to give and to live by faith in a way that you never thought possible. Finally, number six. What if God never stopped loving me? Some of you struggle with that. What if God never stopped loving me? Romans 8, 28 and 29. Neither death nor life nor angels, nor spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nothing, nor anything else in the whole world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Write this down. Nothing will make God stop loving me. Nothing will make God stop loving you. Listen, once you put your, your life into the hands of Christ, and you become a part of his family, you don't lose that relationship. Because it's not based on you and who you are and what you've done. It's based on God and his great love for you. And he says, I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. I will never forsake you. And I will always love you. And once you truly put your hand in the, the hand of Christ, he doesn't let go. Now, you might wanna let go from time to time, but he does not let go. Your salvation, your relationship to him is secure. Jude 24 says it like this. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and, without great, with, and with great joy. Listen to that again. To him who is able to keep you from falling. Now, not failing, you know, Christians fail, Christians sin, we make mistakes. Do we stumble and fall from time to time? Absolutely. But he's able to keep us from falling away. Lamentations 3.22 says it like this, the unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercy, we have been kept from complete destruction. It's based on him. Listen, don't, don't you see what this beautiful chapter of Romans is saying? In Christ, listen to this, in Jesus Christ, this is the offer. These are no longer just what-if possibilities. You see, the truth is, this is your new reality. My sins can be forgiven. I have the power to change. My problems have a purpose. I don't have to be afraid. All my needs are met, and God never stops loving me. That, that's your new reality in Jesus. And that, my friends, is the offer that he is making to you today. That's the offer he's extending to you. Listen to it. A life without condemnation. All sins wiped out, forgiven. A life without domination. His power sets me free. A life without desperation. Everything, all of it works together for good. A life without intimidation. If God is for me, who can be against me? A life without limitation. My God will supply all of my needs. And finally, a life without separation. Nothing can separate me from the love of God.
Man, that's an offer you can't refuse. If you give your life to Jesus, and some of you, listen, that's your next step. I mean, that's why you've been coming here. That's why you're here today. That's why you're watching this online. If you give your life to Christ today, what do you have to lose, really? A lot. Regret. Guilt. Shame. Bitterness. Worry. Hell. What have you got to gain? Everything. Everything. It is the, it's the greatest news in the world. Now, if you're here today and you've already said yes to that offer, you've already put your faith in Christ and you're a follower of Jesus, so what do you do now? What do you do? I mean, if you're a believer, now that you have all these great promises, now that this is your reality, how should you live? Well, let's take a look at that. Here's our response, Ephesians 4.1. Live and act in a way worthy of those who've been chosen for such wonderful blessings as these. In other words, live like it. Man, live like all these possibilities. This is now your new reality. My sins have been forgiven. I've got the power to change. I have a, a purpose for my problems. You know, I don't have to be afraid. All my needs are met and God never stops loving me. That's your new reality. I mean, my goodness, do you think you have a reason for living and a reason for joy and purpose? And then he says this, not only live like it, but then in 1 Peter 3.15, he says to share it, to share it. Always be ready to answer everyone who asks you to explain about the hope that you have. You see, you and I really do have the hope of this world. And God says, it's our responsibility now to share that. To share it with your neighbors, your coworkers, the people you go to school with, your family. You know, this week, you've got a great opportunity to do that. You know, be that parent, be that, you know, that uh, mom or dad who just loads up the car and, and invites and brings you know, some kids to vacation Bible school this week. Our job is to, to love this world, to show them just how good and kind and wonderful our God is. So what about you? Have you accepted this offer? Have you traded in all your regrets? All those if-only regrets for this what if reality? Because these are not just possibilities. This can be your new reality if you'll put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And you can do that today. I want to step you through that. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for this wonderful, beautiful chapter of Scripture, Romans chapter 8, that reminds us of all these great truths today. Not just possibilities, but the new reality. And the possibilities as a result of that really are endless. I just thank you for that, God. And Father, I do know that in a room this size and people who are watching online, there's a lot of regret. A lot of things that people wish they could go back and change. 
The truth is, all of those regrets have been dealt with through Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Listen, if you're here today and you are ready to to make this your new reality, if you're ready to come home to God, do it here and now. Just open up your heart. Open up your, your life to God and just very humbly, right where you're at, just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I, I have blown it. I have a lot of regret. But today, Father, I, I bring all of it. In fact, in a way, as I, I, I bring it to you, I, I turn my back on you know, this former way of life and all this regret and shame, and, and I step toward you in faith. I turn toward Christ. And today, God, I, I declare in my mind and my heart that I do believe. I, I put my faith and my trust in your son Jesus and what he accomplished for me through his death, burial, and resurrection. All these great promises that were, that were just bound up in what he did for me on the cross that proved his power over sin and death and this ability to be forgiven and change and not have to be afraid and meeting my needs and loving me. God, thank you. Thank you for all of it. Today, I do believe. And now, Father, for the rest of my life, as long as you have me here on this earth, God, I want to live for you. Just with great gratitude, a sense of worship, I want to just say thank you with my life. And I want to become more and more like you see me now, brand new, forgiven, changed forever by Jesus. And Father, for those of us here in this room who have already made this decision, sometimes we forget just how good uh, we have it and just what a good thing we got in on and just uh, we forget our new reality. We take it for granted. And sometimes we just selfishly hold on to it and don't realize that you left us here on this earth to, to be a part of the kingdom, to be a part of the church and to, to love people, to reach out to our neighbors and our coworkers, people who you know, maybe live differently than we do, believe differently than we do. God, that doesn't matter. Our job is to love them. Our job is to point them to you and to allow you to do the changing, allow your love and your grace and your truth to come into their life and transform them. And, and God, we just remind us just to be that agent of change, to make an impact where we live, work, and play. And I pray this week, God, um, is a, a huge impact is made here this week through our Vacation Bible School. Just do a, do a miracle, God. I pray that, you know, there's all these kids, God, I pray, that, I pray they have fun, they have a blast, they, so much so that they just beg their parents to come back, beg their parents to be a part of Coastal. And I pray, God, now with all the, the seeds that are planted about Jesus and how he saves us and he supplies all our needs and all, uh, all the messages about your great love, I pray those seeds are planted deep in their hearts, God. And um, I pray they would bear much, much fruit uh, here and now in the years to come and in the life to come. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org.
From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.